It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Back again post-Thanksgiving. The OG Trio is back. It's Taylor, RDT, and Banks. Gents, it's fantastic to see your faces. It's fantastic to speak with you on this Ravens bye week, this post-Thanksgiving, where we had a football and college basketball fiesta, one of the great weeks of the year from a sports perspective. Um, did you guys have good Thanksgivings? Are, are you feeling good about you? Did you give thanks to everything you needed to? I'm so full still. Like, <laughs> the most full I've ever been. But, yes, it was good. Bloated. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, it's – You were I, in Wisconsin, thanks. Wisconsin is is a special type of Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> they they truly send it. It's the, the crockpot capital of the world, I would say. Um Pretty much people just show up with entire dishes and crockpots, and it's really a matter of are there enough outlets in the house to support all of these crockpots? Do you think um, does Wisconsin, do, do they have the most um, extension cords like per capita, do you think, just for plugging probably. in crockpots? Yeah, probably. Um, by the way, I, I almost said this like a week or two ago when we were talking about Thanksgiving sides and all that good stuff. Wisconsin stuffing with the sausage and all that up there. Oh, buddy. That's a special kind of stuffing. I'm in on that. High level stuffing. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Yeah. Mm. It's good eatings. What was your guys' favorite thing that you watched during what they call feast week from a sports perspective? Mm. What was, what was um, the one day? I think it was Wednesday when we had, who is it? Purdue played. Who was it? Was it Purdue Fuck, who was it? There were like two great matchups. It was like Marquette and someone, and then Marquette and Marquette and Purdue. Mar- the no. game in the, the day that there was Marquette, two and Purdue played, Marquette and Purdue played in the final of the Maui. It was so Purdue. The, yeah, the one before Marquette and Kansas. Marquette and Kansas and Purdue. Oh my gosh! Who was it? Um, I was so watching bad. that like during my last like couple hours of work, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Like Purdue Gonzaga. Purdue Gonzaga. Yeah, that's what it was. That those two. Combined, those two games are my favorite no, thing. Sorry, 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 sorry. Purdue played Marquette on the Wednesday. They played Tennessee on Tuesday. That game they was fun. Gonz- they played Gonzaga on Monday. What a three-game stretch. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, Maui, the Maui was fantastic. The Maui, the, now the All-State Maui Invitational. Form in Maui, Jim Maui. Just are you Maui, strictly talking hoops? No, I'm talking anything. There was so much on. There was so well, much I think on. I think the Alabama-Auburn game, Iron Bowl, was high level. Uh, all time you SEC. You weren't, work there. you weren't watching Rutgers Maryland. Uh, no. Okay. It was over. It was over. It was over. It was over. Yeah. No, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was that's probably the. I, I thought Ohio State Michigan was fantastic. <laughs> that was a very good game too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, jeez, uh, Bills Eagles was was maybe game of the year. Yeah. Yep. No, that was tremendous. I uh, got to tip your cap to Jake Elliott there. Um, I didn't so, think that had any shot of going in. I was like, there's so, no, this is going to So be the ball was in the air, and I'm like, well, it's kind of leaning right. And then it was at the screen. It hit the screen like, so fast, and I thought the ball was only halfway there when it hit the screen. I was like, oh, this is going to veer right by the time it gets to the goalpost. Oh, no, it's already through it. Yeah, it was like laser. Great, That was a great game. I loved how Nance, I'm sure because – that game rolled deep into the um, Football Night in America pregame show. They had to promote the Ravens-Chargers game like 16 times in the final like half an hour of the broadcast. Like they just kept popping that thing up and he'd be like, Ravens-Chargers coming up on NBC. It's like it was so bizarre how many times they promoted it. I'm sure that's some sort of like rights thing they have to do. But that was a great game. That was a great I, game. I do have another uh, candidate. And I don't know. I think Brian would appreciate it more. I don't think he's watched it. than you, Taylor, no offense. No, I tweeted right. about it. The Yogi Berra thing on Netflix is unbelievable. You have to oh, watch really? it. Apparently, so there's two new baseball things I found on Netflix. They had, so I think it was called It Ain't Over Till It's Over, the Yogi Berra story. It's like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. And then they released an Untold on the steroid era. Untold did Malice at the Palace and um, uh, Manti Teo and all that. But, yeah, um, Manziel's an, that's an Untold. Yeah, yeah those are great. They have one on the steroid era. And I was like, I... Like where was this being promoted? I don't know. So I didn't. I haven't watched that yet. But it, was, Yogi, it was a piece of baseball content that didn't get promoted. What a, what a shock! I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> but um, they um, the, the Yogi Berra one was incredible. I watched it with my dad, as a Yankee fan. 
never thought I would cry watching a story about Yogi Berra. It was like, I'm telling you, it's, I, I didn't know. And I'm not, I don't want to ruin anything or like give any away, but like, George was, it just, was it just a Yogi Berra life, like a, a life thing? It's yeah, it kind of looks into him and like it starts with him, you know, um, getting signed and eventually getting to the Yankees and, and just his whole career. And then a lot of it's after it talks a lot about him and Steinbrenner. I had no idea the shit Steinbrenner did to him. Like, what a fucking asshole. Uh, that's not a shit. That's not breaking news there. But like George Steinbrenner, not a good person, just a complete cuck. Like everything about him sucks. And Yogi, oh, again, oh, I know uh, of Yogi Berra. Big Calzone guy. I mean, I, I, I can get behind that. It sucks. But Yogi, again, is like, I mean, we obviously don't have any connection to the Yankees, you know, with Yogi, but it was all, it was really cool to watch. And again, you learn a lot about him and his whole like family. And I didn't, his son played for the Colts. His, his son was a punt returner for the, for the Baltimore Colts. Like I had no idea. I had no idea. his son. I had no idea about that. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff. So get, give it a watch. Cause you're going to be like, I, I really like Yogi Berra now. Like he's just, I don't know. It was really, really cool. So I watched that on I watched that actually right as Auburn, Alabama was ending. Like, so I was able to flip over to see like the final touchdown and the, and like right as uh, the Yogi Bear thing ended. So definitely check it out. If, uh, if you're a baseball fan on, uh, and on Netflix shocker that Netflix finally has something good to like watch all their stuff. Stinks. Wow. You're, you're anti Netflix. No, I, what? Last time you found like a good movie to watch on Netflix. Their documentaries are good. I think their movies okay. and now okay. most of their shows stink. I like, can't say that I dip into like the Netflix movie experience. like original like- now that's not true well that's not true as recently when i was at my parents house on friday um i had football on and my mom essentially just pulled rank and was like we're done watching sports like we're we're we're, <laughs> we're moving we're, we're watching a movie so me and my dad and my cousin and my mom turn on a movie and, or turn on netflix she like moves it to netflix on the apple tv it was it was a very nice pulling of rank by my mom but it was like a clear like hey like this like the fifth place game in the Orlando challenge. Like I'm, I'm done. Like we're going to watch it. So <laughs> poor lady. Yeah. We, so we throw on, so we throw on Netflix. We're like scrolling through the movies and we watched a movie. I don't know if this name means anything to you guys about Diana Nyad. She was like a marathon swimmer from the seventies and eighties. It was like a biopic with um, Jodie Foster and Oh my God, who actually played her? Oh my God. Somebody, uh, uh, Annette Benning. Um, and my mom's like, he has 85% of Ron Tatum's. My mom's like, all right, let's watch this. Like, I know this person, this meant something, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. Sports biopic. We'll put it on halfway through the movie. I just like turn to my mom and dad. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> this the movie, movie is awful. And, and my dad just gives the sort of like, very like, you know, tries to like, he's like, yeah, yeah. And my mom's like, no, 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 it's bad. Like, not, <laughs> I'm sorry I picked this. It's like, it's not, but yeah. So if that's any indication of the rest of the Netflix, <laughs> um, because I've watched a Netflix movie in a while, but that was not Netflix, You won't find anything good except for like, again, the documentaries, <laughs> like when they had the old 30 for 30s on and stuff like, obviously I think they, do they still have Seinfeld or is that on Peacock now? Right? Like. I think they still have Seinfeld. I can't they, keep yeah, up with it. I don't think it's on there. Do they? I don't know. I don't, but anyways, Yogi Bear, uh, it, it ain't people over. Like, people Bear. like – I guess you did say documentaries. People like the Beckham. Uh, I heard that was good. I heard that yeah. was – is that on Netflix? I guess that is on Netflix. That's Netflix. The Beckham documentary is on Netflix. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, all the movies I would want to watch that I'm looking through right now, Rush – Pitch Perfect, those are like not Netflix movies. So you're talking about like the Netflix, one, they have no. the N on the top. They're like, these are the Netflix No, no, no. Movies. I'm talking about anything on Netflix. Like, have you seen oh. of the movies are awful on Netflix? Like they're movies where you're like, I don't want to watch it. Like I would never watch this. Oh, interesting. Okay. I thought you meant like the actual Netflix produced. I don't know. I think some of those aren't great either, but. Because they've got, I mean, I'm looking, they've got Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's a good movie. Wolf mm. of Wall Street's on here. <clears throat> Oh, here's Nyad. What a movie. Um, so yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I I think Ohio State, Michigan was mine. We have Auburn, Alabama. We have yeah. The the only day that really disappointed was actual Thanksgiving. None of those games are really all that interesting. I guess Detroit and 
<clears throat> vaguely interesting game, but I I pulled yeah. like, the plastic old man and I fell asleep with the commanders down. Like I think it was like twenty one to ten or something, twenty four ten maybe. And I was like finding myself nodding out C- commanders cowboys. Was that pre or post dolly? It was for well, I, I saw a dolly. No, yeah, I saw a dolly. <laughs> um, but I I felt I must have fallen asleep either late in the third or something like that. And I woke up and the cowboys had forty five points, and I was like how long have i been asleep like what the hell did i miss i missed like that guy blands like his pick six and a couple other touchdowns i guess but yeah again the games were not nothing special on it, it was more the same with detroit being bad on on thanksgiving so yeah, yeah. Well, nice watching season. watching with a packer gang was was pretty good and plus mm-hmm. it's 11 30 in the midwest when that game starts so like thanksgiving is often running real quick when if, if that's the setting you're in which is was was great. Like we got in and got out. Like not out, but like food was served early, and we were getting after it. And then just like lots of time to just lay around on the back end, which is very nice. Solid. I love that eleven thirty start. That's nice. Although I will say that would interfere um, with the turkey bowl in this area. Bowl, so yeah. can't, can't have that. I will. I mean, I will. In the name of accountability, I will come on and say. Um, congratulations to you all on the victory. Congratulations. It's big of you. Yep. Yep. If I'm going to come on here and boast after they win, I will come on here and, and, um, and, and be accountable, um, for their, for the Cavern House losses. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop the kid Worthington, the running back. Unbelievable. Great job by him. So was, was Jimbo checking in on it or no? Uh, he's very much checking in on it. I don't think he went. Mm. He always thinks about going and he doesn't go. <laughs> we might have to, me and our, my, uh, the rest of the, our group of Calvert Hall friends, I uh, might have to bring Jimbo to the homecoming next year. We might have all to go. So, we'll so get you. conversation a few weeks ago. It, just it was. It was. It was. My brother, my younger brother went and said it was great. So Get him on a parade float out there. We bring Jimbo in. I'll just, Black, we sneak you in. No, I, that's okay. I'm, I'm – I, I can't. I'm not welcome. I mean, Owen Valor. He's not by a man. Of, by the way, yeah, exactly. You are not welcome. No, <laughs> I know I'm not. And I, He's not know, a man of what is it? I'm, honor, integrity, I'll or home, and uh, I'll I'll wait by the phone. Um, let's get into some some Ravens bye week talk here very quickly. We're th- this episode is going to be a little bit of a chop it up between the three of us. We will be doing no draft. We are doing Nick Caner medley. Uh, but we're going to try to get through about an hour of of chop it up here in the bye week because it's the Ravens bye week. You know, we're doing a pod, a little bit of a bye week on the pod. So we're just going to roll through some topics here. Um, our good pals, our compadres, uh, Mr. Jake and Mr. Spenny, uh, were on the radio with Mr. Glenn Clark doing sort of a state of the Ravens bye week. So we'll kind of do a similar thing uh, among the three of us. And RDT, I want to swing it to you first because you don't really come on the instant analysis. So we don't hear your Ravens takes um, kind of fresh after the games. So from your perspective, where do you feel like this team sits? We, in the incident analysis, you can go back and listen to our thoughts on the incident analysis from Sunday. For a win, it was a very sort of negatively toned show for most of it. I would say like 70% based on the Ravens kind of, you know, not convincingly beating a Chargers team that really beats themselves like week after week after week. Mm-hmm. So where where do you see it? Are you more on the positive side of where Ravens fans should be? Or do you feel like, you're waiting for the inevitable fall where they give a little too much away um, in some of these games and, and that can't work against better teams. No, I mean, I, I, if I was a Ravens fan, I think I would be feeling very good right now. Again, I mean, they're, they're playing their best football this late in the season. Again, they're, they're, they're one of these teams that has the weird, like super late buy, which for fantasy purposes, I'm not a fan of. I have some big must win games and I have like five, mm. five, six people out. So condolences. nobody cares about your fantasy team, but, um, no, I mean that game. That game kind of reminded me of the Cardinals game. Again, it was like a, it, the weird. They travel. They travel west again. I mean, it's been talked about the travel schedule that they've had, and they kind of brought it on themselves by not taking the bye after London. But I mean, it's it's been a brutal travel schedule. But they were able to get through it pretty much unscathed. Um, so there, I, if I was a Ravens fan, I would be feeling very happy. I think that game on Sunday was a, it was a weird. They, they always felt like they were in control. I know, obviously the doom and gloom on Twitter was like, Oh, here we go again. It's going to happen again. And it was like the Ravens fans being like, we're going to give this up versus the Twitter just being like the chargers are going to charger. And it's like, which one is going to, is which is the, the higher power. And it's obviously the charger chargering. Um, 
but no, I, I thought they were always in control of that game. Like it didn't seem like they were ever going to lose. And, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, if you're nine and three right now, I think somebody tweeted the last time or, you know, earlier last time that they were 12 and, or nine and three, they, they won the Super Bowl. I think it was 2012 that year. So I, if I'm, if I'm the Ravens and their fans, I would be feeling very confident. Again, Lamar's not playing like great, but he doesn't have to be. I don't know. It's these weird games that, that they're just winning and the defense is so damn good. I, I don't know. I, I'd feel very excited. Again, Zay Flowers is looking better and better every single week. Um, you know, even without Andrews, I, again, it's only been what one game without him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But again, they, I, I think they, they're fine. Like they, to me, they seem fine. Again, Mitchell is still super healthy and, and fresh legs. So he's going to be a weapon down the stretch. I, if, if I'm Raven, if I'm a Ravens fan, nine and three, I'm feeling ecstatic again, especially you look around the division. Um, Deshaun Watson out for the year, Burrow out for the year. Kenny Pickett still Kenny Pickett, even though they don't have Matt Canada anymore. But I, I think you're sitting pretty, um, Ravens fans right now. And now it's going to be what we talked about a couple weeks ago. And it's how do you get Taylor Swift to come to Baltimore? That's that's what you need to have happen. Like, obviously, you're going to probably lose a game in those standings, you know, this week because of not because of having the buy. But I, if I'm the, and I don't know their schedule offhand, I don't I don't know what the, what they're facing the next five weeks, four weeks, or whatever. But again, I'd feel I'd feel good if I was a Ravens fan. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, overall, it does feel good. Um, to your point about them playing weird games, it seems like early on in the year they're either playing weird games or they're winning games outright and just being better and just you know cream rise to the top type of thing. Uh, what have you? Those games that were weird were ended up being a lot closer or they were on the wrong side of them. Now they're starting to close out games. They're starting to kind of take over and take that, I don't know, championship mentality, whatever you want to call it. Um, It feels like they're growing into it. Like the killer instinct has grown. Uh, The sense of urgency, especially on the defensive side of the ball has evolved. Um, Yeah. It, yeah, it's, the expectation, the bar has moved now from, yeah, of course they're sitting pretty in division and that's, you know, the, the, the first box to check, you know, we got to go out there and make sure we take care of the division, but um, you know, the focus, like the, the aspiration for now, for sure is all about that one seed. I mean, it's there in front of them and it's not necessarily a cakewalk by any means. There's a long road to it. I think New York times percentage wise has this like 25% to be able to get it done. Uh, with Chiefs in the driver's seat for sure. Um, but uh, I, it it feels like they got to take two or three on that really tough stretch between Jacksonville 49ers and uh, Miami, um, get a little bit of help, <clears throat> and uh, obviously take care of the other ones, um, which, you know, any given Sunday, but our games they really should clean up. So, I'm I'm licking my chops thinking about that AFC Championship game that's gotten me in trouble in the past. Um, but even then, just with the way the playoffs are laid out, like that two seed is still a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like before, it was very locked in. Like you get the bye, that was the thing you think about when you try to get that two seed. But even then, the difference between the two and the three seed is pretty significant. You don't want to be going on the road in the divisional round. Uh, especially with some of the, the deep teams that are here in the in the conference. So um, even if the Chiefs kind of take care of business on their end and we're not able to really overcome that, like still a great place to be, still would be awesome to host consecutive weeks at home um, and work our way to hopefully an AFC Championship game. And who's to say that the two seed doesn't end up hosting anyways? The Chiefs have hosted that AFC Championship game time and time again, but they have not always been the one seed by any means. Um, you know, teams get upset. It happens all the time. So um, there are a couple dangerous teams that could be, you know, landmines. Like if Buffalo can find a way in, like I, they nobody really wants to play them. I think they're kind of like a sleeping giant um, that could play badly into our favor if we end up as a certain seed that, you know, ends up lined up against them early in the playoffs. But that same team could end up facing the Chiefs in a place where they don't want to see them either. So um it's all about just kind of getting in the right spot in the dance um and ultimately uh it seems pretty inevitable that they're going to be there yeah i mean i i think the the other thing you talk about with the stretch of games obviously they're tough games but 
two of those games, the Jaguars and Dolphins games, are against teams that are right there in the thick of things yeah. for the one or the two seed. I mean, we, it, we we talk about this as like a Ravens-Kansas City battle, but the Jags and the Dolphins are right there to get it done as well. Um, and the Ravens have the ability to peg them back um, and do their own work there. So those two games, obviously, you know, I think it's pretty easy for fans to see the importance of those two specifically. That 49ers game is going to be a giant showcase game between two of the best teams in the league on primetime, and that will be awesome. Um, but those, the Jags and the Dolphins games are both more important games than it. Um, and we'll see how the Ravens do in those games. Those are obviously in a few weeks. Are there teams? I, I guess I, I was going to ask, like, what are the teams that you guys would feel uneasy if they were, if, say, the Ravens do get the one seed? Who, who are the teams that you guys feel uneasy, like, coming into Baltimore? Like, obviously, it's the Chiefs. And then, obviously, Brian mentioned the sleeping giant that is the Bills. Who knows what they're going to do week to week? Happy birthday, Stephon Diggs, by the way. But, like, who are the team? Like, do the Dolphins scare you guys if they're coming into Baltimore? And, to and me, of all, to me, of all the rest of the teams, it's clearly the Dolphins over somebody like the Jags. Mm-hmm. Just because you have to deal with the game breakers on the outside that they have. And I think the Ravens have done a very good job, for the most part, preventing explosive plays defensively. But you just don't want to play the – arguably the best player at his position in, in the game. And that's, that's Tyree kill mm-hmm. to me. If the Raven, if the Jags come to Baltimore for a home playoff game, the Ravens, I mean, famous last words, the Ravens aren't losing that game. I just think that that's a team that the Ravens are the Ravens beat, but um, saw them yeah, I would be way more scared Dolphins. and then you look down and besides Buffalo, there are not a ton of AFC teams that scared you. And honestly, the team that would, quote-unquote, scare me the most of, like, the Steelers, Browns, Colts, Texans, Raiders, I guess, theoretically, is C.J. Stroud. I I think I would be the most – I know we – you know, Spenny is jokes about the Stroud boys every single week (laughs) um, and is a big C.J. Stroud guy. But I think, like, of all those guys, you then just start looking at who they have at quarterback and what they can do to you, and that's just the guy I wouldn't want to play. Not worried about Minshew, not worried about Russell Hustle and Russell Wilson, not worried about Kenny Pickett, not worried about, I mean, Jesus, Joe Flacco um, potentially coming to Baltimore. Like, so to me, like he, the, other than those, the, the top three behind the Ravens right now, Chiefs, Jags, Dolphins, I think it would be, C, I think it would be CJ. I don't want to play that guy. And the Ravens probably beat the Texans anyway, but I think that would be the team where I'd be like, oh, I mean, if this guy's like the truth, then. He, can he, cause problems. he would have a game where he throws for like 370, like three touchdowns, but like two picks and a fumble or something like that. Like his numbers would look good, but it's like, oh, the Ravens just beat beat him because he made rookie mistakes. But And that that's my like take coming out of Sunday where we did really – a lot of it was negatively tinged because of kind of the lack of, you know, uh, convincing uh, factor to the win. The Ravens defense is really, really good. I mean, and I thought that what they did Sunday, and I sort of said it was like their magnum opus of the season, and they've had some huge performances. They destroyed Detroit. They destroyed the Seahawks defensively. But to, like, continue coming up with, like, huge turnovers to prevent points in a game where that was a huge, with you know, only winning by 10, um, they just kind of showed all the things they can do. And – I, I, they're, they're, they're a game changer. And I don't think they're getting enough play around the league in terms I, of I, national attention. I, I don't, I, I think Ravens, that was an eye opener for the nation for sure. Yeah. The Ravens storyline is always about Lamar and every loss is about Lamar and every win is about Lamar. And I get it. He's the star. He's the quarter billion dollar man. He's the, the, the guy on the marquee, but the Ravens defense and we'll see, maybe it will happen if they shut down a Kyle Shanahan led offense in a couple weeks and it's like, you know, they win a 17 to 10 game um, or they shut down Tua and that offense in three weeks over consecutive games. And I just think it's at a certain point, they're going to need to get, you know, the credit for really, I think being the thing that will get the Ravens to the promised land. Obviously you want that to be Lamar and Lamar is doing very much his part to have them at nine and three, but the defense was the story of that game on Sunday. It was Roquan. It was Patrick Patrick Queen. The the, the video I forget what play it was because I saw it live and then I saw the clip over and over of Queen. It was like a dump off, I think, to Eckler mm-hmm. and like Queen mm-hmm. and Roquan just like just both. It looked like mm-hmm. Madden with how fake it was, with how fast they were both moving. It was like 
they they both sniffed it out immediately and just were like fucking like wild dogs right at him. And I was like, holy shit, like that. I mean, you get them, and they they've got it at every level. Those two in the middle, Matabike, uh, you know, right up front, and then Kyle Hamilton, who's who's incredible. And again, like this, I feel like this was Kyle Hamilton's coming out week. You guys may have said that on the instant analysis. But it was all over Twitter being like, yeah, this Kyle Hamilton guy is a, is a freak. Like, he's a beast. And, I mean, he picked the perfect game to do it. Like, the plays that he did it to were, like, like engaging the blocker, engaging, engaging, and then just fucking firing off and, like, tackling the guy in the backfield. It felt like he was involved on every play. So, the defense is, is really, really good. And, again, Roquan and Patrick Smith – or Patrick Smith Pat, – Patrick Queen – are just playing incredible, like like really, really just awesome football right now. So it's scary, it, and like you said, it's not it's not just all Lamar, or it, at least it shouldn't be the talk on Lamar. A lot of it should be the defense too. Yeah, it's it's a one of those things where, I mean, guys will step up in the future, future years, but this is probably PQ's last ride here in Baltimore. Meta mm-hmm. uh, BK too, like yeah. it's hard to fathom at least one of those guys is going to be out of here, if not both. And that'll change the complexion of the defense some, and guys will come along. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, this might be the best this gets on that side of the ball. Um, You know, a guy like Clowney gets a year older, and, you know, he's also been a guy who's been just – He's, he's been a lot way better than Titans clowny. I'm so I was going to say, I, I was waiting on Sunday for Spenny to dig up that tweet that he and I got in the argument with when he signed. And I was like, y'all Ravens fans are going to hate this guy by like week eight. Like he's going to be hurt. Mm. He's not going to care. And he's not going to, you know, he's been incredible. I mean, he's been the, the, the signing of the season for, for a lot of teams. What did they say? He's making like 2.5 million. 2.5. Yeah. He's playing incredible. Like, I mean, good for him. Like that's, that's been awesome to see. And same thing. I mean, Kyle Van Noy's had a quiet, last game i think but i mean he was a mon he had like a three or four Ooh. week stretch where he was getting a sack and a half like every game and you were like that play oh, in the flat that he he got yeah, up he had the one yep, that was he jumped huge up, yep. play yep yeah but so again i mean they're they're finding it again it just seems like everything is kind of clicking like that for the ravens right now so yeah they're i i again i think they're in a very good position to to again make i mean make a run like i don't think it would surprise anyone if they snagged the number one seed or, or go into kansas city and be probably the weakest Chiefs team we've seen in some time. I know we say that all the time, like, and those are like famous last words. But I, I could see them. I mean, that would be a great defensive battle. But I could definitely. It see really them. would. The Chiefs defense is really good. Yeah, that would be fun to watch, regardless of where it is. And the, I mean, projecting very forward, uh, an Eagles Ravens Super Bowl would be a tremendous game. The, I mean, the Eagles. The Eagles have a moxie going that is like we don't care if we're down. However much we are winning the game, like they are just very. I mean, they're they're gonna, gonna, they're gonna you melt. You think so? Oh, you think it's a melt situation? Yeah. No, I mean it's just like a just one of those things where all the bounces or all the things go one way for a while and a while and a while, and then when it, the stakes are higher, you know, not because they're not you know championship DNA. It's just like football will just. Football always comes around and gets you eventually. I feel like he did that last year. Them in the Super Bowl with Hurts just dropping the ball. Remember, he just flat out dropped it, and it was like, oh, that play never happened. But, no, I I hear what you're saying. But I I know you're like – they always seem to just come through. Like, even at the end when Elliott hits that field goal, and, like, Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey, they both, like, had close-ups on them. Neither of them, like, blinked. They were like, yeah, okay. Like, of course he hit a 59-yarder, 58-yarder in the rain or whatever. Like, why wouldn't he? So, that would be – I don't – I mean, outside – 49ers are going to be fun too. What is where is that game? The Ravens 49ers. San Francisco on Christmas night. Oh, that's right. Holy, sh- I mean, that's a it's the, that's as, a pop, as popcorn game as it gets. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though, like, dude, the NFL has been throwing out bangers, especially with the Eagles, like yeah. week after week. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Goodell. The, God, the, Goodell is the NFL throwing out bangers to mask that the like depth of the schedule every week is awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's just one awesome game a week. The fact that like Titans Panthers games are one o'clock like, game on Sunday. They're 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 for every like nine bad games, there's one awesome game, and we're like, this is great. And then it's like, yeah, but Saints Falcons earlier was terrible. Like, they did get a little screwed. I will say they have some pretty good games this week. Seattle Dallas is a good Thursday night game. They yeah. got screwed with Burrow. Cincinnati Jacksonville would have been awesome on Monday night. They got screwed mm-hmm. a little bit there. 
Green Bay kind of frisky. Could be a fun game against Kansas City on Sunday. Dude, I've watched a lot of Packers football last five days. Like, they look kind of good. <laughs> Philly and San Francisco. That that's gonna be that, that's, Den, that's Denver good. Houston. Denver Houston is a game that means something for sure. Houston Jacksonville last week was a good game too and good match. Detroit New Orleans is a game that means something. Oh, Chargers Patriots is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so is Carolina Tampa. It's Belichick oh, coaching against his future future team. Oh, maybe. The, I'm here for the guy. the Belichick coaching rumor mill is one of my favorite things going right now. I don't think he's going anywhere. Like I don't, I don't think he's he is either, but I think if anything, he would retire. Like why he's not gonna go to I, I, he doesn't seem like a guy who's like, I wanna I wanna stick it to them one last time. I feel like he's gonna be like, whatever, I'm done. I don't know. That that's just me. And then by the way, December 10th, Buffalo at Kansas City 425 into Philly Dallas on Sunday night. That is oh. NFL executives were coming themselves like that as they're piping that up. Like, that is sensational. That's a yeah, sensational. Oh. Then the following week, if Buffalo could play well, these would be fun games. Hammering Dallas in that game, by the way. Dallas, Dallas, Sunday, December 17th, Dallas at Buffalo at 425, followed by Ravens, Jacksonville. And then the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Oh, no. I love that. They can flex that, though. Yeah. They can flex that now. Who are they they playing? Aren't they playing the Chiefs? They're not flexing. They're not flexing Mahomes. So who would they flex on? Oh, yeah, they're probably not going to flex. They're not going to flex Mahomes. They they would never. Let's see if there's a game they could theoretically take. Okay, there's five games that are TBD. Minnesota, Cincinnati, no. Chicago, Cleveland, no. Denver, Detroit would be a bigger no. game from, like, an implication standpoint. But it they're leaving be, Mahomes. They're, they're leaving the market Mahomes on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So when can they start flexing Monday Night Football? Week, is it week 15? I think they – I think it already started. They I think it already started, yeah. But it needs to be the two weeks of lead time or so. Mm. On Christmas, the Ravens game is the only good game. Giants, Eagles, Vegas, KC. Oh, Vegas, KC's okay. Mm. Yeah, Vegas kind of hung in there for a little bit, but they'll be in Kansas City that time. So Two Saturday games, um, Cincy, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo Chargers and the Chargers on Peacock. Buffalo Chargers on paper, I think, at the beginning of the year looked like a good one. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. The Chargers have gotten put in a lot of slots where I think people thought they were going to be better. If it's a game of bad and you're like, this they is going to be, be better. They should be a lot better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dallas, Miami on Christmas Eve. And the NFL, yeah. Network, the NFL Network gets Patriots, Broncos on, on 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I know we have a Titans, Dolphins. That's Monday when you had the church. Coming up, and that is not going to be good. Mm. Pigs in the blanket and... Was that Patriots Chargers that we said on New Year's on Christmas Eve? Yeah, Patriots Broncos. Patriots Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. Or sorry, on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Green Bay, Minnesota at Sunday Night Football. But that can be flexed. So here we'll get out of the Ravens conversation on this. I want to talk about this. So the Ravens play the Dolphins on New Year's Eve, scheduled right now for one o'clock on CBS. I don't totally know the flexing rules, but I'm assuming that CBS could flex that game to 425 if they want. I think they can do that. I think they can move it to like their more prime slot. I'm assuming right now. Right now, their other four o'clock games are Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Denver Chargers. Again, Sunday night game is Green Bay, Minnesota. So the Ravens game and CBS theoretically could protect. I think they can protect the game. So I think they can protect Ravens, Dolphins, Ravens, Dolphins. But imagine the Ravens, Dolphins game getting flexed a Sunday night on New Year's Eve. That would be a scene down here. Bring back a lot of PTSD. <laughs> you know, like yeah. New Year's Eve games. Yeah. It so could get, go to four. That would just be interesting. Because as you said, that has happened before. It just wasn't at home. No, no the game wasn't home. The game yeah, wasn't home. Game wasn't home. I'm, I'm an idiot. That game wasn't home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just something to throw out there for everybody. Now, I mean, CBS would be dumb not to protect that game. I think you can. I don't. I should have looked I up. I think you can protect one. They talk about it on part of my take, and that they, I think you can protect one. And that would be the game they would protect. I would assume there none of the other games are up to that caliber. So, but it could be moved to that four o'clock slot. Could you which imagine? Would make a lot of sense because that would be the biggest, the biggest game of the day. 
Could you imagine being a Dolphins fan and being like, oh, we're going to go to that game, coming, leaving Miami for Baltimore on New Year's Eve? <laughs> like, that doesn't, it, it just doesn't make much sense. Mm. You know? I don't know. I feel like you'd want and then to- I think there's, I think there's a high chance Baltimore Pittsburgh is the Sunday night game, depending on where Pittsburgh is. <clears throat> and if the Ravens are playing for the one seed. Yeah, that'll have a lot of different like AFC. The only other potentially. Buffalo Miami. Buffalo Miami could also be the game. Yeah, Everything else is not that great. Because there's just not a lot of good teams. That's that yeah. that's what it boils down to. There's a lot of bad football every single week. Like I yeah. talk about it it's mainly that the the NFC is just garbage across the board. They're they're much. the most top heavy thing I've ever seen. It's yeah. it's it's the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, not in any order, but then it's just nothing. And by the way, this would be mitigated if college football had a 12-team playoff this year, which would absolutely bang if they had a 12-team playoff this year. Such a shame. They've got so many powers in the top 10. Like so many teams. It would be so fun. It would be Mm -hmm. so – they should just have just gone through with it no matter what. Just first-round game. Ugh. Ugh. Cannot wait for that next year. All right. Let's let's move on here. RDT, do you want to touch on any – you want to congratulate Felix Bautista? Yeah, congrats to Felix. Again, I didn't even know they're still doing awards. Like, it's November 29th. And they're like, oh, yeah, here's the reliever of the year. Felix Bautista, Devin Williams. Awesome. Like, good for Felix. Again, did not even know they were doing it. He uh, he won it unanimously, which is pretty funny because he didn't pitch, what, the last five weeks, something like that. But he was just that good. Um, so well-deserved by him. Again, I don't – is it – I don't think it's the Rollades relief pitcher of the year. You remember that, Brian? I know it used to be. It's been Rollades for a while, I think. But is it, I don't. Is it still? I'm looking. Oh, okay. Bautista, I just see AL reliever, like fireman of the year. Yeah. <laughs> no, but again, that's it's cool for him. Again, he had a career year. Uh, it's gonna suck that he's out all next year. But um, there's not much else to talk about, I guess. I yeah, mean, we, just, we just continue to be in a holding pattern. Do you want to touch on the uh, the game times? There was some brouhaha about the game times. I, sure. Yeah. What is it? The Orioles. Um, what did they announce? Um, all I think not not just the summer like they did last year, but all the games are what is it? Um, six thirty. I think six thirty. Six thirty-five. First thirty-five. I believe. Days. Um. What is it? Saturdays are going to be four thirty-five, which I think I like that. I'll give it to you. Right, I'll give it to you now. The Orioles announced that home game times, the introduction of four oh five Easter start times for all Saturday home games, except for the June 29th game against Rangers. Blah blah. The schedule also feature expansion of six thirty-five start times to include all weeknight Monday Thursday home games throughout the season, except for Nationals game, and then Fridays are seven oh five. So, and then Sunday's 135, right? 135, yeah. correct. It's fine. Again, I mean, like, people were complaining. I also, again, I, I, I'm not a John Angelos fan. I think no one really is. Or, um, But there was somebody online who I saw who was like, this is just on John Angelos' way, the 635 games, to make sure less people come so then he can – say that no one's coming to the games and move the team. And I was like, that's just that's not, not what's happening yeah. at all. Like, I don't know if people realize, no. I, for whatever you want to say, they are trying to make money off the team. They yeah. like to put people in the seats. <laughs> yeah. But no, I get it. I mean, it, it's, you know, I saw some people who were like, oh, I live in Montgomery County and I get off work at, at five or I get off work at 5.30, 5.45. And they're like, I can't make it. It's like, well, it sucks, but it's, it's not going to work for everyone. You know, I'm sure there are some games you can make it to. So I didn't think it was a big deal. I think it's neat. And sure. Again, just fucking win the game. I don't care what time you start them. Just win. Don't matter to me. I think it's interesting. They did it. They did the 635 for the whole year. I kind of like the split of like kind of having the 635 games. I would have been fine if they kept it. I'm for a certain part of the year. But whatever. It's fine. I mean, I it's very easy for me to say because it's a, I can walk 10 minutes to the stadium. So see the game the times part. for me are, are never going to matter. But. Um, I can see why people would be upset about having to battle the traffic and find parking. And it's going to be even more of a challenge to get through traffic at six o'clock to get to a six thirty-five game than driving it a half an hour later to get to a seven o'clock game. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I don't have any problem with anybody that's upset about this. And I don't have any problem with anybody that's fine with it. It's just sort of an is what it is situation. The Orioles must've had some data on attendance to make them make that decision. I mean, that's the only reason they would have been like, all right, we're all in on this because we feel like the other thing I think it's interesting about is TV. Like 
did they see any significant viewership drop at 635? Or mm-hmm. did they see an increase? Did they find people were more invested in a game they didn't think was going to go late? I don't know. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with, like, you know, say they have, um, uh, you know, if the Cubs are coming in on a weekday series as opposed to, like, we, you know, like if they're like, oh, we can get people in for these. People are going to come to the ballpark at 635 regardless because the Rangers are going to be in town and they're playing, in the, you know, the weekday games or something like that. Like if the opponents, you know, if it's the White Sox, it's like nobody gives a shit, but maybe they think like, oh, we can get more guy, more people in because we're playing a marquee team. You know, as opposed to yeah, you know, the, the the Royals on on a Friday night or something like that. I don't know. It, but I mean, and maybe like, they maybe they've done the research and that six thirty five time really makes a difference. Like people with kids, like getting that extra half an hour is like a and playing a two hour game and getting out of there by like eight thirty is a you know or, or getting out of there by eight forty five nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like that's more reasonable than getting home at ten. Yeah, and oh. I, w- I was I was going to say also, too, the pitch clock. I mean, the pitch clock also – the pitch clock was basically a 635 start before. Like, it limited – it slowed the game or it, it sped it up so much. So, again, obviously the games are, were going so much quicker. They st- The Saturday 435 games do help for Baltimore week because those were long days. Oh, so, yeah. that, that, that Saturday, it, I mean, it's going to be a nice – I'm excited for that now because – I've always said that 4 430 is like the ideal – Saturday game time. Yeah, I mean, some. Yeah, it gets hot out there if you're in the outfield. It it, it it's a, it's going to steam up, but I don't know. That's, that's part of summer. Yeah, bird bath, summer baseball, baby. That that's what it's all. About. I like that you can kind of pick your poison on those weekend games. If you're trying to go to a night game, go on Friday. If you're mm-hmm. a little bit more in the middle of the road, you go to the four thirty-five. You go to some before the game, and then you're able to get home after. And then if you want to do like the day game, you get the one thirty-five day game on on um on Sunday. Sunday. So. Yeah, I like it. Go on, go on Orioles. Do what you need to do. All good with make, us. Make some moves. That's all. Make some moves, win some games. As you said, RDT, if they win the games, people are going to show up. So it doesn't really matter what yeah, the times are. It doesn't matter. They could play at midnight. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Just win. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Nick Hanner Medley, Maryland, uh person of the week. Before we started, Banks, you were Said we got to do this. I've got things lined up. So what do you got? Oh, I got Culver's. I got to talk about Culver's. Culver's is an elite fast food restaurant. Uh, it's probably not the first time I've talked about it, but um, just like think about the way that everyone appreciates Chick Fil A and it's just beloved, and they just have things figured out. They don't have the operations down to like a complete hum, and they're not packed like a Chick Fil A is. But they just do everything. Everything's just quality. It's just delicious. It's a great butter burger. It's like a high level, like it's like kind of looks like a Wendy's burger, but it's better and just delicious. Like a butter double butter burger with cheese and bacon is just elite. You get cheese curds for a side. Uh, at least that's like like a side sub that you can pop in there. Delicious. Um, you've got great ice cream. You just mix in a flavor of the day. It's it's just top notch. Um, I are their burgers that. square? You said like Wendy's. Are they square? Mm-hmm. They are they? Because aren't Wendy's burgers square? Yeah, uh, I don't think they're square. Actually, they're circular, circular, but like in terms of like the meat looking consistency. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I likened it to that, but it's, well, it's a circular you patty. You said that in the group chat. I think you said it's basically like an upgraded Wendy's. Like it's it's a it's like a yeah. If Wendy's was a Pokemon, Culver's is like the final evolution. <laughs> sure. That looks like it went where I Ryan's at. No, I got it, but it's like, sure. No, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm with it. It's just it's just so good. And of course, like the the service and um and everything is is top notch too. So I just can't say enough good things about Culver's. And I'd like to open the first one in Maryland. Like that's a now a life dream of mine. So got to get in touch for some franchising opportunities. Absolutely. What's you, the you closest Culver's to here? We've definitely got uh, in the group chat talking about it. Like 100%. Very, very excited talking about it. Find a location. Taylor, have you been to one in any of your Midwest? I have. Um, I don't remember versus. what I ate. So I need to get back. I do need God, to there's back. a lot of things on their menu that are probably awesome too that I just like. I just got to get a butter burger though. I searched Culver's on my phone. It said no restaurants nearby. It looks like North Carolina, Durham. Yeah, there's a yeah, bunch. Yeah, they're in a lot of states at this point, but Tobacco Road. There's a lot of them. 
Ooh, Raleigh. Oh, don't tempt me with a good time. But I got I got cookout down there, so that's that's tough, tough decision. Um mm. it looks like it's more they're more surrounding Raleigh than Durham or uh, Chapel Hill or anything. Good job. Good. Nice job to NC State. I mean, it's a hell of a Wake Forest. Yeah, there's Wake Forest, Winston-Salem. I've seen it in my my one trip to Wake. I remember seeing them there. We're just doing four hours. Four hours, thirty-one minutes. Closest driving. Apex, North Carolina. It's not that bad. Oh, that's uh okay. I know where Apex is. Yeah, three hundred four miles. There you go. That's a good pick. So each given location has a different flavor of the day. I don't think we have. We probably should do that. Yeah. yeah. We probably Mark should do that. Down. I think we didn't do it at one point because we had sort of based our draft stuff off the dog walk, and I think they did one. And so yeah, I, it was like too recent. And we we're just like, oh, yeah. we'll just I think that was that. Probably And then also, like, we had a bunch of great topics that we were like, okay, we're just going to back burner that for like a really great week when we're really fired up to do it, and we could do research and do it well. And then those weeks just never happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, although I'm now remembering somebody taking Burger King in one of these things, so maybe we have done it. Um, oh, that may have happened. Yeah. Uh, RDT, you're Nick Kater Medley. I am going, and if you if you follow me on Twitter, which I'm sure you don't, um, you saw me talking about it all day. The Spotify Wrapped, perfect way to start the day today. I love Spotify Wrapped so goddamn much. I don't know why. I'm always very interested in like the numbers and like. I'm also a big, like, if you put a song on your Instagram story, there's a 100% chance I'll listen to it. Like, I'm just, I'm very curious to, like, what other people, like, are listening to or what new songs, what new bands and stuff like that. Like, I found a lot of good bands this year by doing that. Just, like, oh, tagging along. Like, oh, this person's listening to this. They posted it on their story. I'm a big follower when it comes to that. Um, So this morning when I woke up and I saw it at, like, I don't know what time it was, but I was like, oh, fuck yes. I was like, this is going to be a fantastic day. And like scrolling through and seeing, and it, it's, it is always cool seeing all the people who are like, oh, Exit 52 on my top five or top one. Like the one guy, it's cool. the one guy who tweeted us and was like, he's listening. He was like, I think I'm number one. He's listening, he's listening to like 6,000 minutes of the podcast this year. And I was like, that's the highest Ooh. I've seen. And so I was like, I don't, I don't think I've listened to 6,000 minutes so far. <laughs> like of all the podcasts but it's always cool to see um again we definitely appreciate everyone who who listens to us and and all the lists we made um but i'm i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff and then i'm an even more sucker for the people being like nobody cares about what you're listening to and blah 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 like we get it but i'm i'm a sucker for for a day like today so it was a good day it was a very good day spotify wrapped it's it's one of my favorite days of the year. I think it's it's it may be top five favorite day of the year. It's such a good day. That's such yeah. a good pick. Um, yeah, the social yeah, media guy, things that come out from it, like all the companies like who who replicate it and do shit like that. It's like, an incredible marketing campaign. It's a marketing campaign that every single person that uses the product waits for and is excited about. Yep. And everybody parried it, parodies it. So you just yep. get more free advertising. It's an incredible job. And the people that use Apple Music, and I've said this before, right. what are you doing? I mean, Broke what are you doing? And they do their like replay thing or whatever. Move, make the move. So, I mean, if you want to listen to X fifty two on on Apple Podcasts, go right ahead. But Apple Music, I just don't know why people are all on Spotify. Just somebody on Spotify. said, somebody said the Apple Music people are like the Android people, and I was like, yes, that's that's perfect. Like, our good, our good pal, music. our good pal, Mr. Ryan Lee said Spotify Wrapped gives green bubble energy. No, see, no, sorry, yeah. sorry. Apple Music gives green bubble. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to tell him very well said. No, no, no. Yeah, sorry, I, I have too much in my brain. Docker Ryan Lee did not miss. Did Got not miss. Did not on. miss at all. Great, great, great stuff from him. Uh, yeah, this guy Nick for at four no sports guy. Shout out to him. Sixty two hundred minutes. That's so. That's so many minutes. Like Tommy Wilkins also we had a bunch. Sixty three hundred minutes. Let's see if I can scroll through here and get some more. I'll just shout. I'll just shout everybody out. Taylor also, Stink. Oh, great name. Thank you, Taylor. Shout out to Taylor. Real quick. 100 minutes. Shout out to my dad who actually called me to ask if we made the, the Spotify. That's so top, funny. Top 11 for sports podcast of the year. He said, did you guys really make the list? <laughs> Somewhere on the list. We're down there, but we're not top 11. We've got Harry Himmelfarb. 6,000 minutes. Yeah. Spanish. I, I 
I didn't see 100, these numbers. 100 hours. Brian Keeley, 30,000 minutes. I'm just trying to read everybody that I did. There are so many good ones. This guy, uh, Cohen, our, at RC is the name too, 3,000 minutes. It's awesome. That that I don't think people realize how good that makes us feel. So if you have a tweet it at us, it's cool. It's cool to see. Yes, yes. Um, Genuinely think it's like very cool and like thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 awesome. Um, and then like when people tweet us their full standings and that you see what podcast they listen to us with, it's 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 very cool. I told you today, my buddy Taylor Kopnitsky was above. He was the guy who we we met up with him before uh, the what was it Raven Steelers. Yeah, they, yeah. Had the table. they had the table of pickles. Oh, yeah, those, yeah, those guys are good guys. He said, we were about part of my take, so suck my dick, big cat. So, yeah. Good luck coming back yeah. from that one. Take a seat. What, wait, did, did you guys do it? What are, your, what are your numbers? I didn't see any posts from you guys. Oh, here, I'll pull mine up right now. I would love Taylor's. Yours is probably such a melting pot. I mean, well, it's really the same thing every year, to be totally it's, honest with you. And I actually – it's. I'm glad you brought this up because I do have an announcement to make, RDT, that you will specifically be interested in about my Spotify wrapped. So any listener of the show here knows what I listen to. I mean, it's a lot of Taylor Swift. It's a lot of pop, blah, blah, Olivia, blah, blah, blah. Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo, who's on this list. Um, did you call her Rodrigo? No, my buddy calls her that, so it just cracked me yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So I had 7,300 minutes listened total. Ooh. Um, or sorry, 73,000. I can't talk right now. I knew what you meant. Taylor Swift, number one. Shocker. Miss Rodrigo, number two. Yeah. Who makes a triumphant return after dropping out last week or last year? She didn't the do Jonas anything. Bro- last year. The Jonas Brothers, number four. Um, Ariana Grande, who's a staple, number uh, number four. Jonas Brothers, number three. Ariana, number four. And then the goat Morgan Wallen slips in there at number five. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried he would slip into mine. I said, I listened, we listened to a lot of him on a bachelor party in Arizona. And they use Last my account. So. Um, dropping out of this, though, RDT, and this is where you come in, is your girl, my girl, Demi Lovato. Doesn't make it. She's been in for like six straight years. Does not make the top five. That's tough. That's Does tough. not make the top five. That's tough. No, um, so. I, I posted it, but I'll go real quick. Mine were – Oh, by the way, and- sorry. To finish mine, and I sent this to our good pal Pat Dugan because I knew he'd appreciate this. I should have sent it to you, Black. The, like, location that – uh, I was most related to College Station, Texas. <laughs> Wait, why? It said that's where. Oh, like live. your profile? <laughs> yeah. I said so. I'm just a Texas A&M sorority girl. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a yell call. What are they? Roll call. Yeah, you're one of them. Yeah, yell call. <laughs> Duke said you just listen to yells all day. <laughs> <laughs> I posted mine, but they were Quinn, which I still don't know how you say his name. Ninety two. I say XCII. I think it's ninety two. Um, Post Malone to two friends, number three. I'm kind of shocked. Mm. It does suck because the, the big booties don't count towards it because they get taken down and re-uploaded. They, they just they can't figure out how to get them in there. Yeah. Uh, Drake, number four, the GOAT, and then Loud Luxury, five. So my top genre, pop. So Taylor, you and I are very aligned in that. But uh, big, uh, a big miss from me this year was like every year for the last like four years. Um, uh, what's, our, what's, our, what's our girl's name? Haley Steinfeld. That song, Let Me Go, was always in my top five. It's a great <laughs> song. Don't know, it, I don't think it's top five for me, but it was not on there this year. So, like, mm-hmm. I remember I posted it last year, and it was on there. And I was like, I, again, I love the song, but it's not in my top five right now. But, yeah, and I'm sure Brian, I I'm not, I wasn't expecting Brian to, to do it. This seems like something you'll get around to a little later. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know, Brian. Does Brian listen to music? Uh, hardly. Yeah. I don't actively seek out music. See, I'm on from the yeah. second I wake up. I'm playing. I'm playing music. I'm on Spotify like all, all day. Pretty much. I you're playing music at the office. It's just cranking all day, and yeah. it's somebody else is just on the on the ones and twos there. So yeah, I lock in with my headphones sometimes during the day at work. So I'll throw music on there. Again, I I stopped listening to the Apple Podcast. Like I stopped listening to the podcast on there and moved them over to Spotify. Just oh so yeah, I me can. too. I'm fully centralized in Spotify. Yeah, everything yeah. everything is Spotify. So yeah. they, they own me. They 100% own me. Speaking of Spotify, speaking of music, my Nick Kaner medley uh, Maryland person of the week is um, the local uh, musical outfit known as Gone Swimming, um, who's released their first <laughs> who's released their first single, Blue Lagoon, um, with member and friend of this show, Mr. Drew Gibbons. 
um, a part of the ensemble there. A fantastic, easy-listening song, Blue Lagoon. You can find it on Spotify. It's very much a summer song. They released it now, but it feels like a song that is like you listen to in Ocean City or like on a boat or something. Um, and their EP drops soon. I will say, I promised Drew that I would remember when their EP dropped when we talked the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I can confirm I did not remember the date. I texted him and didn't get a response. So if I get a response for next week from Drew, which I'm sure I will, I will I, we will say when their EP comes out. But they also perform locally. So they've been at Don't Know and a variety of other establishments around. So you may see them out and uh, give them our best if you do if you're out seeing them play live music at the bars. So shout out to Gone Swimming, Blue Lagoon, the name of the track. Soft rock, easy listening. Good stuff. By, by the way, I do always think it's funny when, like, you can obviously tell the parents who play songs for their kids. Like, I like KFCs today had like, I forget, like hardcore rap song one, hardcore rap song two, and then Peaches from Mario, <laughs> number three. And like, my buddy just uploaded his number one is Daft Punk, number two, System of a Down, like Muse, Alice in Chains, and then his top song is Gaston from uh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> You can always tell. It's so great. It's That's so, so tremendous. Yeah, it's very good. So, any honorable mentions for anyone? Um, Who did it? Did I have one? Let me look. No, I did not. I, I felt right. like I did, but I can't recall now. You're mm-hmm. still some Culver's. Uh, yeah, it's just. My, Utah, my Utah State. I had Aggies. four times in nine days. My Utah State Aggies uh, have a deal at Culver's where if they score 80 points, you get free ice cream. The crowd gets free ice cream. So each location has a different flavor of the day, but they only have vanilla, chocolate, and the flavor of the day. So you'll be driving by Culver's, and they're they're enough in Wisconsin where you might be driving three miles, and you'll just be like, oh, oh, I hate that flavor. I'll just get it at the next one. Wait, so so like like say there's so like if say there's one in Fed Hill, they're they're they're. Uh, flavor of the day is cookies and cream, and then you drive over to Fells, and that one is like uh, Rocky Road, and then you yeah. drive over to like Pasadena, and that one's like strawberry shortcake. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and you can look up online like what it yeah, is. Who has what? So they yeah. seem to know what they're doing. Like stuff like that is like that's some high quality shit. There. Yeah, and I put that out there. I tweeted it, and there's a lot of good responses from people. Just like oh, oh I yeah. saw Rick. I saw Rick say something to you, and I was like, yeah. 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 Spot or something. Yeah. Big flyover state place. Mm. Big flyover state. It's going to take over. It's going to mm. be in our backyard before we know it. It just, it seems like if anything is going to make its way up here, it's going to be cookout. It's like, a little it's, surprising. It's a race. Yeah. I mean, cookout's in Fredericksburg and there's one um, in Salisbury. So it's like, yeah, I guess. Here, but they, so they're a little more, they're a little more, uh, put, put a, you know, Bible verse on the cup type. Uh, and Culver's has a, actually has a little bit of that going on, but it's, I mean, you don't love a little GOD. has their background and everybody. Chick fil A isn't open on Sundays. Do it. If the food is good, people go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cookout literally has a Bible verse like on the cup, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I don't give a shit. Like, no, I don't. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. If it's good, it's good. What Jake always says, he doesn't care about your background as long as you can fry some fucking chicken. <laughs> That's Jake. And on, and on that, that note. Sounds like it. <laughs> and on that note, we've come to the end of this episode of the Exit 52 podcast. If you're watching the YouTube version, you're seeing this scroll below. But if you're not, you make sure to like and subscribe, Apple, Spotify, all the different podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, get the notifications when the live shows come on post game. Um, Spenny and, and uh, Jake will do the, the preview pods live sometimes. Obviously, they just dropped the jumbo set yesterday. Great stuff from them. Um, no instant analysis this weekend, obviously, with no game, but we'll be back in a couple weeks post Rams game for another instant analysis. Um, and then as the baseball hot stove heats up, we'll be chatting about that too. So follow us, all of us on social media. At E D I T T I 22. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You follow me at Towers My 10. You follow Jake at Jake Luke. And you can follow Spenny at Ravens for Dummies. Um, very much appreciate the support. Follow us on social media on the podcast at X52 Podcast. On all of your social media platforms. Fellas, an absolute ple- fellas, it was an absolute pleasure. I cannot talk. I am just making 
continue mm. mistakes. And that's when I know it's time to end it. Um, so very much appreciate. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks once again to everyone. We are thankful for you. If, if, if you're in or out of the spot, I wrapped. Thanks for listening. We very much appreciate that. That was very cool to see all day today. I want to reiterate that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could not be more thankful for you, the listeners. That's why this continues to be fun. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs>